B, 52. B, 52. I'm heading down the Atlanta Highway. Looking for a love getaway. Heading for a love getaway. Hey, I got me a car. It's as big as a whale. And we're heading on down for the love shack. Four? I got me a Chrysler, it sets about 20, so hurry up and bring your jukebox money. The Love Shack is a little old place where we can get together. Love Shack, baby. A Love Shack, baby. B-52. B-52. treasure seekers and welcome to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure B-52. This is Series 1, Episode 29. <laughs> hey up treasure seekers, so it's been over three months since my last podcast, so what's been going on? Where have I been? Well, I've been doing a lot of role play, uh, uh, and that's something I'm going to cover in this episode a little bit. Uh, and also, I think a few of you know that my wife um, suffers from uh, very bad asthma. Uh, and during the lockdown over here in the UK, she was actually in hospital six times, I think, uh, in the end, uh, before they uh, finally seemed to have got on top of it. Uh, and we've now had a really good run where I think we've had a couple of months when she's not been in hospital. So we're slowly sort of getting back to a bit of normality in the house. I've also got two young boys and... Um, I've been, uh, they obviously haven't been going to school, so we've been uh, homeschooling them. It has to be said with a lot of good help from the, um, their, their school. Their school's been excellent supply material and that. Um, but it's basically been pretty hard work, I, I must admit. Um, but they're now, uh, they've started back at school. My wife has now started back at work. Um, she was actually uh, uh, had a shielding uh, at home for four months, effectively. Um, which she uh, is back now, uh, and we seem to have some sort of normality back. So I'm going to give it a go, and let's see whether uh, I can certainly get this episode out. Let's see whether I can get a few more on a more regular basis. So next, uh, let's get to some messages. I've had a couple off uh, Joe from the Hindsightless podcast. Uh, does repeat a little bit in the second one because he couldn't remember whether he'd sent the first message or not. Oh, Joe, I'm glad it's not just me who does that sometimes. But I thought both messages have, uh, you know, a lot of relevant information uh, in them. Uh, so I'm going to play them both. I hope you don't mind, Joe. Hey, Andy, you mentioned in your Wilderlands episode that uh, you were wondering if people might be interested in hearing about your campaign and stuff and i absolutely would be dude i i i love that stuff so feel free to spout as much of your campaign lore as you want i am here to listen and i love your idea of the varying uh, effectiveness of the torches and stuff like i think that'd be really fun and even if you made it random like where you buy torches, but you don't know how bright they're going to be or how long they're going to last. I think that even be a little bit, <clears throat> a little more realistic. But anyway, man, great episodes lately. Glad you're back. Talk to you soon. Peace out. 
Andy, it's Joe, and I can't remember if I already called in about this or not, because time is just a vortex these days, and it's irrelevant. But uh, I really, really liked your idea of the variable light radius for uh, torches, and I think that's awesome, and I plan on using it in the next campaign that I run. You know, I think it'll be a secret, like, they'll buy torches, and then they won't know how you know, how bright they are until they get into a dark place and light one up. I think that'd be fun. Leave it like a random chance or something. Uh, but yeah, man, great stuff, dude. I I think that's super usable, fun content. And so I appreciate you putting that out there in the world, man. Anyway, hope you're doing well. Peace out. Hey, up, Joe. Glad you enjoyed the episode about the uh, torches. And certainly, I think it's something at some stage I will introduce into my own um, uh, OSC Wilderlands. Um, I was particularly thinking I might do it for a dungeon that um, is, is specifically, shall we say, designed to take full advantage of the fact uh, there is reduced torchlight available. So I'm going to have a think about that uh, and do it. But um, uh, and also you mentioned about the campaign, the OSC Wilderlands. You'd be interested in hearing a bit more about that. Uh, well, in that case, it's good news because uh, my, my intention is uh, to actually do a few episodes, uh, indeed, on both the campaigns that I'm running, my OSC Wilderlands and my uh, RuneQuest in Glorant for one. Uh, and there's a bit more information a bit uh, farther down in the podcast on that. And next we have a message from Jason from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast podcast. Hey, Shandy Andy. Just want to mention your Torch episode. Yeah, worrying too much about Torches is too fiddly for me. I mean, this goes back to what you know, Evil Jeff talked about Torches when he did his vacation episode. And, you know, they've been talked about quite a bit. Um, realistically, I would like to see an actual test to see how good, you know, how much light they really do put out. And I'm sure you're right, it would be variable. And I think it'd be fun to do once, like you say, or every now and then. But having that in every game and having a roll every time you light a torch, let's see how good this one is. I mean, it wouldn't be that bad to add it in there. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a level of granularity I want in my game. But it is an interesting idea. And like I said, it might be interesting to play with now and then. Anyhow, great episode. Talk to you later. Hey, Jason. I, I certainly take on board what you're saying about uh, an added layer of complexity uh, that certainly probably isn't in the spirit of BX. Um, however, there are a couple of things that I could do to make that a lot easier. Obviously, on Roll20, which I, I do use for my OEC Wilderlands, I can actually... Um, it's configurable the amount you know the diameter of the light that comes out from the characters on the battle map in there so that would actually be pretty easy to do in a roll 20 environment um, and the other thought i had on that was to actually just add a line on the character sheet in the equipment for a light source where there was um you know a little box where you could put in how far it is uh, and maybe some uh, you know little squares where you just ticked off each turn um, you know, uh, uh, so you could more easily keep track of how, how long a torch or a lantern or whatever it is has been going. Uh, and that might, might be, um, you know, 
doable, I think. But I do agree with you. I, I don't think it's something I'd want to be doing every single uh, adventure. But as a one-off, it could be, uh, you know, a little bit of fun, I think. So, <clears throat> what have I got here? Well, I had a delivery on Thursday, the 23rd of July. And it's a box, I don't know, about a foot and a half by a foot by six inches. I know what's in here because um, I've had to pay customs fee on it. Um, I got a card through the door at the beginning of the week to tell me that. I could go online now, pay it all and then arrange for delivery. Now, this parcel here, it's very well sellotaped. It's going to take quite a bit of cutting, I think, to get into it. It had a load of sticky labels all over it. Um, uh, the initial one I can see here is the one, it's come from the United States of America and the date of mailing for the US Postal Service is the 7th of February. No, it won't be because, because <laughs> it's American. It's the 2nd of July. Damn those Americans, they can't get their dates and their days the right way around. Um, so what's that? It's taken ooh, t three weeks to get to me from when it was initially uh, posted over there. Um, it's got a, a, a pink sticker saying customs fee to pay. Then there's another white sticker saying charge, border force, import duty, uh, VAT. Um, and there appears to be a VAT of 8.99 and a Royal Mail International Handling Fee of £8. So I had to pay in total £14.99. Uh, and then there's another Royal Mail sticker saying deliver on Thursday the 23rd of the 7th, 20. And that's when it got delivered. So let's get going and see whether I can open this. I have got myself a pair of scissors because otherwise it's going to take forever. So I'm going to be very careful because I don't know how it's um, been packaged inside. And I am aware that one downside I find with really, and this is really well packaged to be fair, but the downside of that is that you have to be very careful opening it up because you don't end up damaging the goods inside. <laughs> Having survived a trip across the Atlantic. Now, I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm just. <laughs> clipped it at one side and now I'm trying to open it up down the middle but of course the sticky label is causing a bit of an issue because that's across the, uh, the seal now I'm going up to the other side of it let's just get that and again using the scissors just to and to be fair this one is actually quite easy because the cardboard's folded into the inside so I know I'm pressing the scissors against the cardboard and not necessarily the books inside and it opens up quite nicely so that, that's a good good bit of packaging there um, lots of bubble wrap I can see just and it's a box which I was indeed expecting so let's just get it out of the bubble wrap chuck the box on the floor deal with that in a bit and what have I got here well it's a nice blue box that says BX RPG Fantasy Adventure Games by Pace Setter. Um, okay, first impressions then. Um, 
I like the look of the box. I, lo I did actually like the art when I first saw it. I think it's quite a clever play uh, on the original um, expert rule book. You're seeing effectively the, the same type of um, picture where you've got a wizard who's obviously scrying onto some adventurers taking on a dragon. Um, but it's in a different style. I think the original was Errol Otis, if I remember rightly. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know who this artist is. I'll find that out a bit later. But uh, I quite liked it. It did catch my eye initially. Uh, and that's on the front. Um, the sides have just got the logos on and a repetition of BXRPG Fantasy Adventure Game Rules. And that's on all, all sides, all four sides. And if I go to the bottom and have a look at that, it shows the BX Player's Guide, a little um, photograph of that. Uh, BX Dungeon Guide, photo of that, and uh, the Haunted Tower, a little photo of that. So that's on the bottom uh, with the emblem for Pace Setter, and uh, it says it's the first print, June 2019. That in itself will be interesting. So let's see if I can just open it up. It opens up at the side. Okay. So it, it's not a lid that lifts off, it, um, you have to slide the side out and then up and over. Um, some dice inside, the usual, uh, what is now the fairly standard set. There's a D20, uh, 4, 6, 8 centile dice and a 12 in there. And then inside there is the BX Dungeon Guide, glossy cover. Pages inside, very much in the sort of initially looks in the style of the original, um, and then there's the BX Player's Guide. There's a Fog of War, the first of five modules, and that's in um, much smaller. That looks as though it might be um, I don't know a a five size maybe. That's that type of size. The, the others are about A4. Um, I don't know whether it's letter or A4. I'll check exactly. Um, but they're roughly the size of the original BX books. Then I've got um, BX1, the Screaming Temple, a BX Adventure module, and BX3, the Temple of Mercy, a BX Adventure module. So, um, and that's all in the box. There's plenty of room in the box. Um, I'd say that the booklets are taking up half, if that. So there's, um, I always like them to be slightly bigger, so you can add your own stuff in there. I've got to say the box, a bit flimsy. I don't think it's going to, um, it's certainly going to be standing on my bookcase. <laughs> I learned the hard way not to uh, take box sets when I'm going to play games or anything. Um, I, my original expert and basic BX boxes have long since hit the uh, dustbin, I'm afraid. Um, but there we have it. This is effectively the pace setter, Kickstarter, finally arrived, 12 months late, <laughs> and I will have a look through those books and give my opinion of them a bit later on. So I'm now going to quickly run through off the Kickstarter page what was promised at the beginning of this Kickstarter and compare it with what I've actually got. So for this, you need to bear in mind that I came in at what they called the thief level, which was the $60 level. Okay, so stretch goal one, character sheets and pre-generated characters. And I quote from them, 
Also, we will include printed copies in the FIF box set level. No. Not got those. Those haven't been included. I do have the PDFs for them, though. Stretch Goal 2. Felhord, Eruptor's Vengeance. We will insert a complete sample dungeon, BX1, in the dungeon guide. This replaces the partial sample dungeon already in the book. Well, I have to say, no, it doesn't look like that's happened either. Um, <laughs> flicking through, it's still a partial dungeon in the uh, dungeon guide. However, what I do have is I have a separate A4 um, BX1, but it's called the Screaming Temple. So a different name. And that's 14 pages. So I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've got that. It's not in the you know, the dungeon uh, guidebook, but, you know, that doesn't really matter, I guess. So a sort of um, partial tick there. Stretch goal number three. BX, a haunted keep, a 24-page printed adventure module for first-level characters. Print copy for all 60-level backers and above. Uh -uh. I have got the PDF, but there is definitely no hard copy included in my box set. Stretch goal number four. BX3. Temple of Mercy module. Print copy for all $60 level backers and above. Huzzah! I do indeed have that. So finally, we have a full tick on one of the stretch goals. Stretch goal number five. Magic items and monsters. Uh, and this was some extra stuff that was uh, going to be included in the dungeon guide. And there certainly seems a lot of stuff in there. So I'm pretty certain they did include that. So I'm quite happy to tick that. Uh, stretch goal number six. The monk playable class. Huzzah! That is included in the player's guide. Stretch goal number seven. Random dungeon generator. They're on a roll. That's been included in the dungeon guide. Stretch goal number eight. Three true solo BX modules as add-ons. And they are listed as I1, Grave of the Green Flame. I2, Beyond the Black Wall. I3, Ruins of the Red Moon. Uh -uh. I don't have hard copies of those, although I don't know whether I was supposed to have hard copies, but I don't even have the PDFs. So... I don't know what, what happened. It's possible I missed an email informing me to download them um, as this dragged on over sort of, you know, the, <laughs> more than 12 months. Um, but no sign of any of the solo stuff. Although, to be brutally honest, I'm not that bothered because I'm not a, a solo player. I'm a social gamer. Stretch goal number nine. The final stretch goal was G1 Fog of War. And huzzah! Yes, I have a, a sort of A5-sized uh, booklet for that, 26 pages, um, and also the PDF. So that stretch goal has been matched. So as you can see, a real mismatch of <laughs> of what I've got with what was originally promised. Now, I've got to be honest, I don't know whether things changed during the, so many things changed during the course of this Kickstarter. Maybe I was informed about a lot of these things not being included and, and what have you. But it's still kind of disappointing when you compare it back with the original uh, promise. And again, uh, I've got to be honest, I've not even bothered to contact them to uh, <laughs> to get the stuff sent through because um, 
uh, it's just been so much hassle over the last 12 months um, that I'm just going to let it go at that and just count this uh, <laughs> as a Kickstarter to forget, I think. So in summary, what do I think of this BX Remastered um, Kickstarter? Well, I mean, it was over 12 months late in delivery. I've not got everything that was promised at the beginning. Um, so obviously there's a lot of disgruntlement there. What I have got is okay. Uh, and I'll be brutally honest, that is all I would say. It's okay. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm doing it being a bit unfair comparing it with OSE because that was an exceptionally good Kickstarter I think it's fair to say most people would agree um, but this is not in the same league as OSE I mean the, the the layout is nowhere near as professional I don't think as OSE it's the type of layout which I'd probably end up <laughs> producing if I uh, produced a book you know it's serviceable it's okay but it doesn't um, it doesn't inspire you. I mean, there's a lot of little things. I'll give you an example of one of the annoying things that I see. I'm looking at the, uh, the, the A4 books, the BX Dungeon Guide and BX1, the Screaming uh, Temple. And I look on the front and the artwork on both, I like it, yeah. But then I see the Pace Setter logo. Now, on one book, it's on the left-hand side at the bottom and on the other, it's at the right-hand side at the bottom. And this is like, it, it just is indicative of of just the lack of attention to detail in my mind that has gone into these books. Um, now, I will say I, I, I've not read them in, in any great depth. I, I just haven't got the will um, at the moment. Uh, hopefully at some stage when I, I'm perhaps a little less disillusioned with the Kickstarter, I'll sit down and go through it because I was hoping to run a, a, a game of this just to give it a go. And I, I believe that uh, uh, Jason and Evil Jeff were interested in that. So that, that might still go ahead. But I, I feel that's um, a few months down the line um, before I do that. Um, so maybe a bit, you know, when I've given it a more detailed look, I'll perhaps give an updated review on it. But certainly as it stands at the moment, it's, um, you know, somebody said, oh, Andy, you know, should I be having a look at this BX remastered? I mean, no, quite frankly, I I, I don't think it doesn't inspire me any more than the, well, it doesn't inspire me as much as the original BX books from back in 1981. Although I'm sure that, that, that there is quite a lot of stuff in here which I will find useful once I get there. But its problem is, if you compare this with OSE, um, no, I've got to say no. You just pick up the OSE books. As it stands at the moment, I would not bother with BX Remastered, which I'm sad to say, you know, I don't like to knock um, products, but this one, I'm afraid, is one that is in danger of gathering dust on my um, bookshelves. Anyway, I hope that was of some use. You know what the uh, it's all about, certainly at Thief level, um, with its Kickstarter, and you know my views on it. I 
I'm putting this message really uh, out there as part of this podcast, mainly because once people have heard it, <laughs> hopefully some people will hold me to it because I'm going to say what I'm going to do in my next few episodes. And I'd rather um, it not take three months for me to put out another episode. So by saying what I'm going to do, maybe it'll give me that sort of nudge uh, on my conscience to say, oh, I said I was going to do this. I really ought to. So anyway enough uh, waffling. Uh, what my intention is for the next few episodes is to um, put out some uh, and split them between my two campaigns that I've been running now since uh, about April time, really pretty much as lockdown went in, I started up two online games. Uh, one of them is OSC Wilderlands uh, and the other one is uh, a RuneQuest role-playing in Glorantha. Uh, the uh, former has reached, uh, will this week reach 20 sessions uh, and the latter is its next session will be number 12. So I think I've reached, I've done enough sessions now that it looks as though the campaigns are going to carry on, which, <laughs> which quite bluntly I, I did suspect I might only run one or two sessions and that might be it, but uh, they have largely been a success, which has been um, very pleasing, I have to say. Uh, and uh, I've met some great people uh, in both sets of campaigns, which I've never met before, which has been great. So um, that's basically what I'm going to do. Uh, I'll perhaps, uh, you know, explain how those both those campaigns came about and what tools I'm using, uh, how they're going. Uh, but also I'll include any news on uh, either of the two systems that I'm using uh, as well. And maybe uh, use that as a dual thread going forward. Who, who knows? Who knows with these podcasts how, how they pan out? But certainly that's my intention. Thank you to TJ Drennan for producing the B52 theme tune for my podcast. You've been listening to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure. If you'd like to contact me, please drop me a message on Anchor. Email me at shandyandy at gmail.com or possibly find me hanging around at Audio Dungeon Discord channel.